this is Julio Alvarado Jr. again, your host for my God in You podcast and YouTube channel. In this episode, I'm going to begin a short series on the topic of the five-fold ministry. Of course, uh, for those of you who have been following me for a while, have read my material, have seen other videos, I mention periodically the influence that the five-fold ministry in its human form should have on the student or on the believer when they're in front of or exposed to a five-fold minister. Well, in this episode, I'm going to give you an understanding of the five-fold ministry from a more so of an original and more effective perspective and application of the five-fold ministry versus how it's traditionally experienced and manifested in many of today's churches. So in order for me to do so, I'm going to do as I always do, is share with you key portions of Scripture, and then within those verses, I'm going to give you some definitive root word perspectives to give you this more original and effective perspective and application of the fivefold ministry in this episode and in the subsequent episodes related to this series. So to begin, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 14, is the body of reading related to what is more so traditionally referred to as a five-fold ministry. Now let me begin by saying this, that the term five-fold ministry is a human term that has been given to the five gifts of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher that is mentioned in Ephesians 5, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 14. So the term five-fold ministry you will not find in scriptures. This is just an expression that has been, you know, uh, given to these five gifts that tradition has adopted, and there's nothing wrong with the saying, but I want to, again, give you a different perspective because traditionally the five-fold ministry, are, uh, as far as what Ephesians 4 is speaking about, is viewed and applied as roles, as titles that people, men and women, put in front of their names. But yet, we don't see that in Scripture. And in subsequent uh, episodes in this series, I'm going to prove to you that this is not the reason for their usage. In other words, we should not be putting apostle in front of our name or prophet or pastor as probably the most common one that is used in the, you know, the five, uh, of course, evangelists, and none of these, these five. In other words, they're functions. They have a specific purpose in the reason, as far as the reason why they're documenting the scripture the way they are in the divine order that they are even documented. And of course, through all of these episodes that I'm going to be sharing in this series, I'm going to be sharing with you some knowledge to give you that perspective so that you can see this more clearly as far as what I'm attempting to explain to you now. Now, in this episode, what I'm going to be doing is giving you four definitions of four, two of the verses that just in the intro of this little series is going to kind of prove a different or show even a different perspective of the five-fold ministry than perhaps you've been accustomed to or that you have been taught about from human perspective. So let's begin by looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. 
Now this is, of course, Paul is given the credit of writing this, and at this time he's supposedly in prison um, during this time, and supposedly he wrote this letter while in prison to the people in Ephesus, and in this letter he says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live worthy of the vocation which you were called. Now, I'm going to stop there. Now, for those of you who are watching this on the YouTube channel, of course, I have all of 14 of the verses here on the screen. But for those, for the benefit of those listening to the uh, podcast or the audio version of this, in subsequent episodes, I'm going to be going into detail into some of the, the, the content found within these 14 verses. But today, I simply want to focus on verse 1. Because in, if you understand verse 1 by through definitive root word perspectives, it's going to make sense in terms of what the rest of the other 13 verses have to say and what the rest of the entire chapter have to teach concerning this. Which, of course, for those of you who have read or are into my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, I'm giving you content from two chapters primarily, and that's chapters 13 and chapters 14, which I'll share a little bit more of that at the end of this episode. But this is where this content is coming from. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, again, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the vocation which you were called. Now, in some translations, you'll read, I urge you to live worthy of the calling by which you were called. But when you look at, again, from the King James Version and some of the more original transcripts, what you'll find, or more of the ancient, more ancient transcripts, I should say, you'll still find instead of the word calling there, the more accurate word there is vocation. Word vocation there is the Greek word kleis, and, and it means an invitation to meet which you were called. Now, that word called there at the end of that verse is the Greek word kaleo, which the Hebrew translation is the word lekach. Some of you have heard me talk about lekach, which is L-E-Q-E-C-H, which is one of the words that the Bible used for the word doctrine. But in this case, the word kaleo is actually a reference to an experience to learn or to learn from something or somewhere. So when you read just this verse alone and you look at this definition just simply from what we see from the Greek perspective, it's an invitation to meet with someone in order to learn from that someone. Now, who is this someone? Now, traditionally, in the fivefold ministry, we're taught that it's the five roles, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, and the teacher. But yet, when you dig a little bit deeper into understanding of what this verse is truly teaching, it's actually an invitation to go within yourself, in other words, within your mind, to meet and to learn from the Spirit of God Himself. Let's go into this to see this. Now, when we translate the, the Greek word kleis from its Greek to Hebrew translation, it ends up being the word kara. And you've heard me talk about this. And of course, I have tons of content in my books related to this important Hebrew word. And it's defined as to come together to meet. And it's also described as an event or a meeting where one seeks it out repetitiously, where one experiences an encounter 
with God. And of course, this happens within our minds when we learn to discern the voice of God in order to hear his voice, in order to learn from him personally. So the primary purpose of these repeated meetings is to experience a learning or an experience or an indoctrination with, with God. Now, we got to understand that when Paul was writing this, this was after his Damascus experience. So he wasn't talking about going into synagogues or into churches or to any kind of church environments, you know, whether it was in a house or anything, in order to experience this. Remember, he himself was experiencing these experiences within his mind when he began the process of learning how to hear the voice of God for himself. And what is interesting about this Hebrew or this Greek word klais, which is translated as kara, is that it is the same word that is used in the expression that Jesus used in Luke chapter 11, verse 52, when he talked about how the key of knowledge was removed from certain synagogues of his day. So the word kleis also is a reference to key. Now we see this in the Old Testament being portrayed as you've heard me talk and teach about this before primarily in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And on your own, go back and revisit those verses. Because in, the, in that body of reading, what you'll find is that those, those verses are talking about acquiring knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, and what the fear of the Lord truly is within you by experiencing, hearing the voice of God within you concerning those important things. So, this is conveyed in numerous places in the Old Testament, but Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 really bring this out. So when Jesus said, went into the synagogues and talked about how they had removed the key of knowledge and how they weren't entering into it and they were hindering those that were attempting to enter into it as well, what they were hindering the people to enter or to experience was this whole thing that he kept talking about, the kingdom of God within. So they weren't teaching people how to experience the kingdom of God within. What they were teaching them were their doctrines and their teachings according to their traditions. In other words, they were continually setting up themselves to be middlemen between themselves and God, similar to how much of the traditional fivefold ministry operates today. When truth be told, there were certain synagogues that actually taught people to directly connect with God within their very own minds. And this is really what should be, be, we should be experiencing through the human form of the fivefold ministry and a lot more of that in subsequent videos concerning this whole and important topic of what the fivefold ministry really is and how it connects to the innerfold five ministry of Christ. So that word kleis is the same word as that is mentioned again in the key of knowledge. So we see it in the word calling and we also see it in the word key. So when you look at the totality of both of those verses and both of what they mean in terms of definitive root word perspectives, it's actually an invitation to go within your mind in order to meet with God personally, in order to learn from Him specifically. Now, the other two definitions that I wanted to bring out concerning keywords in this whole body of 14 verses 
is found in verse 12. And that is for the, the reason why we have these fivefold ministries is for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry or for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, most people believe, and this is how it's practiced, that that has to do with church ministry. But I'm here to say that it has little to nothing to do with what happens within the walls of the church. It has to do with what is experienced within the walls of your mind, if I can use that expression. In other words, it is God who is supposed to be doing the perfecting. It is God who does that to people that are classified as saints. Now, let me define what these words are to give you a better picture of what that is. So the word perfecting that is used in verse 12 from its New Testament Greek perspective is the Greek word katartismos. And it's simply defined as equipping, as you will see in many translations. But now the Hebrew translation of this Greek word is the word yasad. So when it's used in this verse, yasad describes this equipping as an assembly of people that are purposed to lay a foundation for an activity to take place in order to be counseled and instructed inwardly and secretly. Just from this definition of alone, it gives us a clue as to what the purpose of the human fivefold minister or ministry is. In other words, they should be teaching you how to go within in order to be inwardly and secretly counseled or taught by the Spirit of God Himself. And again, a lot more uh, related to that in terms of uh, me giving you some other uh, knowledge in this whole body of Ephesians chapter 4 that speaks and clearly teaches this experience. So the assembly of people that this definition is re referring to is, yes, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, traditionally known as a five-fold ministry. But the foundation that the five-fold ministers are supposed to lay are the ancient teachings that Jesus referred to as these key of knowledge type of instructions that I've mentioned before that we can find uh, in terms of the mentioning of the key of knowledge in Luke chapter 11 verse 52. So Jesus was actually accusing the religious leaders of his day of removing that type of teacher to equip the believer to enter in and experience the kingdom of God within themselves in order to, again, be counseled and to be instructed by God himself, by the Spirit of God within. This is actually the foundational and really, truth be told, the, the most important purpose of the human form of the fivefold ministry. And going ahead of myself, once that experience is learned and experienced with, you know, with, uh, by the believer or by the student or disciple, whatever you call the, whatever you want to, we want to call the, the congregant, then what happens is now you begin to experience the inner fivefold ministry of Jesus or the Christ, as the Bible says. And we're going to be talking about more of that and how that works in the subsequent uh, videos that I'm going to be doing in this series as well. So now we see the importance of this process more clearly by understanding that the root word of the word perfecting that we find in this verse in Ephesians chapter 4 is the word perfect. There is a perfect or perfecting and continually perfected state of being 
that Jesus speaks about that is not just possible and attainable, but it's a reality that we can all experience once we learn how to go within in order to experience this perfecting process between yourself and the Spirit of God Himself. And we see this being conveyed in the key verse in, the, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, where He says, and this is Jesus' quote, where He says, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So the mere fact that Jesus stated, Be perfect, implies that we have the potential to experience a perfect state of being according to the original understanding of what the biblical word means. From its New Testament Greek perspective, the word perfect that is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, which is the root word for the word perfecting, is teleos, which is defined as someone who is complete, whole, and mature. The Hebrew translation of this key word is the word tamim, which is also defined as someone who is complete, perfect, and whole as the Greek translation, but further states that this process is, is achieved as an experiencing this whole concept of truth, which is the language of God. So in other words, when someone is being perfected by God, they're being matured by God. So in other words, the, the, the perfecting of the saints is a process of maturing them to a place where they're now experiencing the mind of God within their mind as a teaching spirit. So the word perfect that Jesus used in this key verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48 is not a reference to someone being flawless. That's the, the Webster's Dictionary and other dictionary, uh, English dictionaries understanding of the word perfect. No, we make a mistake by, by defining it that way. It's a reference to someone who was fulfilling their inherent ability to experience a completeness and wholeness of their life's existence by, by being personally fathered, spiritually matured, and developed by the Spirit of God Himself within their own minds. In other words, when Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, He was describing the potential for a person to experience a personalized spiritual maturation process through receiving the whole and complete will of God for their lives, for every single area, through this biblical concept of truth. In other words, hearing His language. So when you're hearing the voice of God, you've heard me talk about this over and over and over again within your mind, it is truth. So this is really what the perfecting process is. In other words, the, the human fivefold ministry should be teaching people how to experience this type of perfecting or this type of maturation process by teaching them again how to go within. It really isn't about teaching them how to do ministry within the four walls of the church. And again, in subsequent uh, videos that I'm going to be sharing in this series, you'll see the why and the how. Now let's go into the word saints for the perfecting of the saints. This again adds another layer of understanding concerning this experience that we should all be experiencing as a result of being exposed to a real fivefold minister. And what I mean by that is someone who was truly ordained by God to teach a person how to go within their very own minds in order to experience the fivefold ministry of Christ. 
So what is the word saints? The typical word used here for the word saint, according to its New Testament Greek perspective, is the word hagaios. From its Old Testament Hebrew perspective, it's the word kadash. It is defined as someone that is holy, sacred, and set apart for a special purpose. Traditionally, that's how you'll hear about the word saints being defined. And that, of course, is a legitimate uh definition or an expression of what a saint is depending on where it's found in the text or in the scriptures but interestingly in this particular verse the greek to hebrew translation of this word according to the septuagint words of translations for the word saint is not the word kadash but instead it's used as the word shama Many of you have heard me talk about this word Shema, so you know where I'm going with this. According to the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, Shema describes a saintly person as someone who experiences a recalling of past events in order to act upon these past events. And what are these past events? Uh, what, are, what are they? And for those of you who have read the book already, you are, you're already ahead of the game here. You already know where I'm going to go with this. And that is, these are the events that God describes to you where he's given you vision concerning them about things that he's already seen within his mind that are in his past. In other words, he had these already set in his mind, which is what his will is for your life, that he's now revealing to you in your present experience that he wants you to fulfill in your future. So it's past events that he has within his mind, which is his will for your life, in regards to different things that he wants you to do and for different aspects or different parts of your life that he's now revealing to you in order to teach you about them so that you can fulfill them. This is part of the whole visionary process and all this other stuff that we talk about uh, when it comes to getting vision from God. So how does a person classified as a saint recall these events? And what are these past events that this key definition is, talk about, is talking about? Well, you can find this, uh, and I'm going way ahead of myself, in, 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 in Psalms 139, verses 13 through 18. When you read those verses, those are those beautiful verses that talk about how we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you go into verses 16 through 18, it talks about all of the days being ordained for your life when, yet one, when you, one of them has yet taken place and how they're written in a book that God has authored upon your life. And this is how the Bible describes simply uh, another description of how the Bible describes the will of God for your life. It's like him giving you an, a page from the book of your life. In other words, what his will is. So when you're silencing yourself in a posture of meditation and you're there learning from God, what you're getting is, again, a page from his will for your life. And the Bible just describes it in these ways, but that's what a saint does. A saint is actually experiencing knowledge from God related to events or things that God wants you to accomplish that come from knowledge that he's given you related to his will for your life. 
Now, and this is the same experience that you'll see that is recorded in Matthew chapter 20, verse 16. And also it's recorded again in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14, where it talks about how many are called, there goes that word called again, but few are chosen. It's also the same experience. And let me go back here and explain why are many called and why are few chosen. Well, everybody's called. Everybody is called to an invitation to hear from God. The, the, the chosen happens as a result of whether or not we choose to go within to hear the calling, or in other words, the invitation to meet with God in order to learn from Him personally. This is the same experience that we find in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, which again, is a reference to the same experience where here it said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Same experience. What is the high calling? The highest calling that you can get is to experience the highest spiritual entity that we're supposed to all learn from. And of course, of course, that's the spirit of God within us. And let us therefore, as many are perfect or as many are matured, be of this same mind. Do you see the, the, the similarity between this verse and Matthew chapter 5, verse 48? It's talking about the same experience, about being perfected by the Spirit of God Himself. And this is what happened to Julio, the latter part of this verse. And if anything, you are otherwise minded, and that's what I was. I was otherwise minded when I was learning from the human form of the fivefold ministry. God revealed to me that there was a greater learning that I had to experience from the spirit fivefold ministry of Christ within. So in other words, when I was going through my whole transition or through my whole experience of being exposed to a fivefold minister in the human form, you know, every, every Wednesday and every Sunday that I would go to church, or every time I positioned myself before a YouTube, uh, uh, you know, sermon or uh, some other uh, format of media, I was always learning from them, but there was really no perfecting or maturing going on related to the Spirit of God doing the maturing because they were trying to mature me or to perfect me in a way according to their understanding, according to their knowledge. But really, truth be told, the majority of that was just them teaching me what they knew. So if at, you're at that place like I was years ago when you're like, you know what? There has to be more to this God and church experience than what I'm experiencing. Then that's the latter, latter part of this verse. And God is revealing something to you that there's something greater or more impactful for you to experience. And what is that experience? Well, again, it's the high calling. It's your invitation, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, to actually meet with God within your very own mind. And this also is the same experience that the book of Habakkuk talks about in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Very, very famous reading there that a lot of people love to quote, but deep knowledge here too. And of course, in this video, we're not going to go with it, but in a future episode, we're going to talk about these four verses in, in the book of Habakkuk. But in the first part of that reading, it says, I will stand upon my watch and set upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say to me 
and what I will answer when I am reproved. And of course, the Lord gives some instructions to write the vision. What is the vision? Again, it's referring to these past events that God has already established for your life as he did it for Habakkuk, the prophet. Well, this is the same experience. So what does it mean to stand upon my watch and sit upon the tower? That's the high calling. Where is, the, where is that? Where is this watch? Where is it supposed to happen? Well, it's described as, some people describe it as a rampart. And ramparts are actually the highest place of a fortified city. You'll see these in a lot of the ancient uh, uh, castles that, that even exist even in London. A rampart was the high place where they would set guards up there to watch the land if, to see any enemies that were coming towards them. That's what a rampart, that's what a tower was. So this is describing that type of scenario, but instead of an actual tower, of a building is talking about the building of the mind, the highest place that you can go within your mind, which is in your brain, the highest place of your body in order to experience the mind of God for your life as a teaching spirit. So for those of you who have read my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, I have a lot more content than what I'm sharing with you in this video, but you can find this type of content primarily if you haven't read the book, um, you'll find this, and if you're going to get the book, you'll find it in chapter 13 and chapters 14 of that book. Uh, chapter 13 is called the fivefold ministry, and chapter 14 is called the human fivefold and the spirit fivefold. So the majority of the content that I'm sharing with you now is actually coming from those two chapters. Those two chapters are lit up with information related to Ephesians chapter 4. Well, what I do in that chapter is I break down the seven components of what that chapter is truly all about to reveal one thing and one thing only. And that is that the human fivefold of the fivefold ministry is supposed to teach you how to experience the fivefold ministry of Christ within. And what is that fivefold ministry of Christ? In the next episode, we're gonna, I'm going to be sharing some more knowledge concerning what exactly that is and how one five-fold minister has the potential to function in all five capacities as an apostle, as a prophet, as an evangelist, and as a pastor, of course. And the most important role of those five is a teacher. So until the next episode, I hope that this introduction to this series I'm going to do has been a blessing to you. And as always, remember this, that the greatest learning environment that you have access to is already inherently present within your mind. Jesus referred to that environment as the kingdom of God. And with that environment comes the greatest teacher that you'll ever be exposed to on this earth. And that teacher is Christ, the Spirit of God himself within you. That's where you experience the high calling. That's where you experience the perfecting as a saint. That's where you experience the calling that Paul is inviting us all to experience, which is the calling that he was experiencing when he began to learn how to hear the voice of God for his own life. So stay blessed. See you in the very near future. Mm -hmm.